the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 32, and our guest is Graham Sharp of Steep Canyon Rangers. Steep Canyon Rangers is quite possibly our favorite bluegrass band on the planet. Uh, Graham Sharp and Woody Platt are the principal songwriters for the band, and what they're able to do is pure magic. So good is Steep Canyon Rangers that the legendary Steve Martin enlisted them as his backing band, but this is much more than just Steve Martin's backing band. Graham writes these literary songs, and then the band just plays them expertly and gorgeously. A Steep Canyon Rangers show is always a clinic, and their set at 2019's Swanee Spring Reunion was no exception. Y'all know, if you listen to this show, that Swanee is my favorite place on earth, and Spring Reunion is one of my favorite festivals and favorite experiences in the world. Graham graciously sat down with the marinade aboard Steep Canyon Rangers tour bus at the beautiful Spirit of the Swanee Music Park back in March. I step aboard the coach, shake hands with the formidable Woody Platt, the other principal songwriter in the band, and then meet Graham. And we make our way to the back of the bus. It's a communal area with a, a bench around the room and a table to the side. Somebody's playing on the main stage, uh, Larry Keel perhaps. It's a nice bus. The, the sound from the main stage and the front of the bus is well muffled, but you can kind of hear the music wafting in. And Graham sits on the bench, noodling his banjo while I get situated. Ladies and gentlemen. Graham Sharp. Hey, hey. Don't spring fest maybe? Here. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like the, maybe it was the, even the last year of spring fest. Yeah. And that was my first. I mean, I knew the name and everything, but um, so that would have been probably like 11 or 12, I guess. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of my proper introduction. Yeah, I know this festival is going through some changes I'm like tell you what man I'm among the many that are glad it's still oh up my and gosh running. it doesn't get a whole lot I mean it's just like you know like I mentioned earlier going through all that stuff with dad I've been tense you know as you as you do when you're in those yep. kind of situations yep. and um it, I haven't totally decompressed because I just got here but it's like I'm finally starting. I can feel it melting off of me. You know, yeah. I can feel like yes. the stress is melting off of yeah, me. Yeah, this place will do that for you. For real. Uh, hey, hey. Well, Graham, thanks so much, man. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. <laughs> this is a good place to be meeting. This place, I tell you what, I mean, well, I, I wanted to get into that. So I want to talk about process and I want to talk about influences yeah. and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but like we've been talking about Swanee kind of off mic and then a little bit, you know, here we're sitting here on your bus right behind right backstage. Yep. You guys are going to go on a little bit later today. 
And as you, I don't know if you got a chance to look at the lineup much. Oh yeah, yeah. Are the, do you have anybody that you're like, man, in a dream jam session kind of situation, or later in the trees? I don't know if you guys right. make it out there, but oh, in yeah. the picking circles, anybody here that you're like, man, I just got to get down with that person. You know, I mean, like Sean Camp and like those guys. Uh -huh. You know, I mean, whether or not sit down and play music with them, but like those there's a strain that they have that they've managed to keep running through this festival which is like that guy clark um real heavy like songwriter yeah. strain that they've kept right here like year after year whether it's berlin and sean yeah. but something about this place has a real connection to that music which is unique for a festival you know to kind of have like almost like a patron saint kind of thing as far as the music goes um so like I caught that set with Berlin and Sean last year doing yeah. a tribute to Guy Clark. It's yeah. the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Incredible. Um, so, I mean, you know, like just you leave this place inspired just by that, you know, just by that spirit. Um, not to mention everybody else. I think we're going to get to, we're going to pick with Larry Keel a little bit here and just nice. minutes and go join him. He's still just, man <laughs> he's incredible fire yeah. he's incredible yeah the energy that he brings yeah and how he brings it every single time yeah i mean i think that's it's some of the and that's one of the things that i think with a lot of these folks around here is that you just don't you don't have sets that people are phoning in you know everybody brings it no doubt. so intensely everybody's been cooped up all winter you know we get yeah. out here like the first sunshine of the year and everybody just feels great yeah you know yeah i feel it uh, yeah, yeah. Seriously, there is that energy about this place, and it's magical. And for folks listening to this, if it, you know, if you haven't been, make that trip to Swanee, regardless, because there is that core. Verlin's always here. Verlin was episode two of the show, actually. Awesome. Verlin's all, and just an incredible dude and an incredible writer. You know, Verlin's always here. Sean now these days is almost always here. Jim Lauderdale's always here. Totally. You know, totally. um, and that spirit. Every single time I'm here, you feel that. Mm -hmm. You know. But um, getting back to you and kind of like, I think one of the things that I find so interesting about Steep Canyon Rangers is that there is certainly the commitment to playing your instruments. And that's one of the things that when I go to see bluegrass, a lot of times that's what tends to draw me. Totally. But there's a literary element to your lyrics as well. Yeah. And so I wonder if you could kind of talk about what your process personally looks like and how that fits in with the band. Yeah. I mean, this is like, this is the, this is the process room right here in the back of the bus, you know? Oh, wow. I, uh, I actually get to spend, you know, a good bit of time back here just kind of, um, trying to, trying to be regular about it, you know, when we're on the road, just try to just always just carve out time, whether I'm really feeling it or not. And just, and just try to commit myself to the process. You know, I think, you know, you're talking about instruments, and like for bluegrass, it's always judged. You know, it's really judged at a high bar, right? For the musicians, you know, right? And, um, and that takes a lot of just practice, just straight up woodshedding, you know. And so, for me, that's just kind of the process I bring to songwriting as well. It's just kind of the only way I know, you know, which is just to get in there and get after it, you know. And you know, a lot of times you're going to leave, you know, disappointed or just not even disappointed just like well you know it didn't really come to anything but uh -huh. it's worth it for those times when when you're just like oh i got something you know and working with the band is even that much cooler because 
these guys are kind of like in some ways sort of archivists or like the, the memory of these things so like I'll write something we'll mess with it maybe you know a couple times and then get on to something else and like just yesterday Woody and I were sitting back here and like a song from you know four months ago that I hadn't really thought a whole lot about just kind of resurfaced and we were back here playing it and you know as a songwriter that feels awesome yeah to have people who are like oh man remember this I love this let's go back and work on this and just like it gives you a great feeling yeah um, you know so uh you know I mean I, I feel as a writer you know I unlike a lot of writers um not all by any means but I, I write like specifically for the band uh -huh. you know like my when I'm writing I'm thinking about the Steve Canyon Rangers and like how this is gonna translate with this band so taking into account voices uh, instruments all that so you know that's kind of secondary in the writing process but it definitely comes into um, how I think about you know songs falling together so does it what does that look like in practice are you you get up and have your coffee and sit down and start writing or like this is the space but what yeah. does that actually physically look like yeah or i mean sometimes you know for writing i just have to, like to have a lot of kind of options you know uh -huh. so like whether i'm just sitting down without a guitar and a notebook trying to get some trying to get some thoughts down some words some ideas um or whether it's sitting with a guitar and no notebook and just playing stuff and just trying to find a find a feel and you know seeing what will fall into that um but you know I, I think we get a lot of time to be out among people you know traveling as much as we do and stuff like that so just to have a little space where you can kind of go and process everything and uh, you know like i say a lot of times it comes to naught and you'll you'll feel like you know you spent some time and didn't get much out of it and then two days later it'll hit you and you're like oh that's what i was doing and, and all mm -hmm. of a sudden you're you're on this track so for me it's just the process of coming back to it and coming back to it is that all are you putting that physically down on paper is that in your head um yeah a little bit of both yeah. you know or maybe even if i'm walking around just making something in my head just making a little iphone recording of it uh -huh. coming back to it um so all the above you know i try to like i say have as many different avenues to to make something work and um i've i've been doing more co-writing uh in the last in the last year or so than i have in the past um which has been great you know i feel like there's people who have i've written stuff with that um i definitely wouldn't have written otherwise and you know when you get to that and you look at it and you feel a little bit uncomfortable with it you know you're like this uh -huh. isn't how i would have said this but then you take it to the band again and they're a great sounding board for like is this cool yeah this this works or you know no this doesn't sound like us or that kind of thing how is that how is that process different and when you say co-writing is that specifically with woody or is that with other people i've been writing with some other folks yeah, yeah around um around you know mostly around Asheville, yeah where we live uh -huh. there's some some really talented people right uh, there and a couple people who kind of come and go do stuff in nashville as well and kind of live in our area so um you know, as much as I'd love to pick up and go spend a week in Nashville and, you know, catch up with Verlin or Jim or Sean or any of those people. Yeah. Um, 
I found it hard in my life. You know, I got young kids, and it's just it's going to be hard to just when you get back from tour to take off again. So I try to make the most of my time at home as well. My, both my kids are in school, so I get my mornings, and, you know, my wife's very understanding if I just am sitting around looking like I'm doing absolutely nothing. You know, she knows that's not always the case. You know, there's yeah. there's actually something going on there. It may not look like much to the uh, to the eye. But. That's really interesting. Like you're just kind of like letting ideas marinate and yeah, like I said, yeah, just like I said, just kind of just kind of processing st- stuff as, as much as I can and sort of blocking out noise and being willing to write stupid stuff uh-huh. you know, and not really not judging yourself too harshly, like. At the beginning, you know, obviously there's like the whole process of whittling the stuff down and and really trying to, you know, you get an idea, but then, you know, a big part of it for writing for me is trying to get images or uh, kind of things that you can kind of put your hands on um, uh, in songs. So a lot of times maybe that'll come in later. And a lot of times that's like the inspiration for a song, you know, like, got a song on our last record um, called I Can't Get Home mm-hmm. and um, you know it kind of came around a lot of ways like I was hanging out with a buddy who was, had been in the Delta Force and just got home and we were just you know talking a lot and we were making some music together and just hanging out so kind of that his whole experience was in my mind and then I was just in the front yard one day and my son ran by and uh, he ran by with his sister he said I said Rosalie, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> so standing there with my wife, we just kind of looked at each other, and before you know it, I had the first line of that song. I know better than to cuss in my mama's house, and you know that just takes the idea of you know the the soldier or anybody really, you know, with the home who, you know, kind of losing it. I just kind of took that idea and put it in a really specific spot. Right. And I think that's, you know, it's not necessary to a good song but i think a lot of good songs bear that i've been thinking a lot about that there's so many things i want to ask around that question so the first thing is when when that moment happened with your son did you need to go write it down or is that going to be there later when you sit down to write um i don't think that time i particularly went and wrote it down but you know in general practice it's good not to trust your memory because uh-huh. you know it's easy for things to get lost and i've definitely had moments where i'm like oh that's great i'll remember that you yeah know, singing to myself and then you get down and sit with a guitar you're like oh no, what was that it's gone. yeah yeah, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh but you know i mean i was talking to my friend frank serio earlier you uh-huh. know and just talking about keeping the antenna up you know kind of at all times and i think that's what songwriters do you know they notice things you know like I remember when we were working with Edie Brickell uh-huh. she was on this thing she was writing a song a day and she would publish it on SoundCloud did that for over wow. a year wow and um, you know she was so good and she described them as miracles you know but so good at just like just picking out little pieces of a day or what was in her head and like mm-hmm. seeing what was special in, in that and really kind of using that as a, as a way in it's amazing that the song a day is crazy. It is. <laughs> it's really it's, insane. it's really incredible. Yeah. And like I I've been trying to write songs recently mm-hmm. and um it's I've done it for years, but I never I, it's always a private therapy for me. It's never cool. been a thing that I played for anybody else. Yeah. 
and then I talk with the songwriter Amy McCarley. I don't mm -hmm. know if you're familiar with her, but she's amazing. Okay. And uh, during the conversation, I mentioned that I write songs and I don't play them for anybody, and she's like, "You got to go out and play them. Just go do it. Just go yeah. play an open mic or whatever." So I did. Yeah. And it was wonderful. Yeah. And then I was awesome. like, "All right, every two weeks now, that'd be my goal. Yeah. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write a song every two weeks. I'm gonna get up and play it. So far, so good. That's awesome. But it's been interesting." now especially at talking about process because there are moments like if i have to write it down sure right so like if i don't write it down it is gone yeah um and some of them like this i wrote the other day it just came out of me yeah right it's, there's not even barely any scratches on that there's piece a hard, of paper. yep and i've changed a few things since then mm -hmm. but it just it just i did yard work all day mm -hmm. and i was in that space you know where like the sun has been hitting you and you're tired but you're you're, you're feeling good and you're mm -hmm. feeling accomplished um, and the idea came to me and I just immediately put it in my phone actually because I was I just wasn't near paper yeah. and then I went and wrote it all out but then another one I had an idea the one like the day before I had this idea and I don't know where the hell to go with it uh -huh. right so I've got like verse verse chorus basically and then I don't know who the other characters are and I don't know what to do yeah you find yourself hitting that spot and if so what do you do yeah I mean what do they call it like the second verse block or something like that i, think I didn't a, know it was like a, a phenomenon it's a, it's a common thing i think um yeah that's hard i mean i definitely have songs that you know i'm like this just didn't finish you know and uh -huh. we mess around with the band and be like this is great let's work it up it's like no it's not it's not done it needs something um you know and and i yeah i don't i don't i don't really know the, the best cure for that but uh, you know a lot of a lot of things um that I have tried to do is just try to get yourself in that place and then just try to conjure something in your memory, you know, of a, mm. of a place or a, um, you know, a smell or, or something very distinct and see if that can like, see if that can get you there because, um, you know, the, the senses are a great place to, to ground songs and, a great way to um, get get a bigger point across to people without them even knowing that that's what's going on. Oh, I love that because a lot of times when I'm writing about somebody else's music, writing about music is a real incredibly hard thing. Right? How do you? They call it dancing about architecture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard that expression. That's funny. Yeah, exactly. It's really, really difficult. But the thing that I found that works really well is relating it to food. Yeah. And I never really thought about the, the process of writing a song also starting with the sense of some sort, whether it's taste or smell mm -hmm. or sight or whatever, and then writing things. Because to me, it, it always tends to be about characters when I go to write a song or a poem. Awesome. It tends to be about the, you know, in fact, most of them are real life stories. They're right. almost completely nonfiction, yeah. you know, right. and then, of course, I embellish and that kind of thing. But it's almost always about characters, and I don't think I've—I haven't approached it from that perspective. I love that. Right, right. Yeah, maybe it's like, you know, if this character is, you know, sees this walking down the street, how do they react? Or like, yeah, is, or as simple as like, what does what does this character do when they get up in the morning? What do they do? What are they doing in like, you know, those minutes between during the day when you know they don't have any anywhere special to be, or, um, you know, just just little little moments like that right um it's always struck me you know like one of my favorite songwriters of all time especially as far as like character talk goes uh, is a guy named terry allen uh. um 
who just writes unbelievable sort of um, really character studies yeah. of people and um, and I mean he, he will put you like right there in that room like you know that person uh-huh. like I know this person like I've, I've I've been there and this person knows me yeah you know, and they probably know you know they, they probably know somebody in my family too uh-huh. or, you know we probably got some of the same friends yeah um, well and that's what makes a great I feel like that's that connection is what makes a great book it's what makes a great film it's why I struggled with like I struggled with The Wire the TV show because mm-hmm. I didn't like anybody I, right. I didn't like anybody I, I was had such a hard time connecting you know but then David Simon made Treme yeah. and I connected with everybody yeah. you know so right. I was like I can't get enough of this thing because I'm like man I like I know that person and that person and that person yeah I want to know that person yeah right and yeah. then with books too like I, the book I'm reading right now I'm just so hooked because I'm like even though it's it's a Japanese author and it all takes place in Japan uh-huh. I know all those people mm-hmm. you know in different ways yeah and what's the book it's called colorless Sakuro Tazaki and uh, his pilgrimage of years um, Murakami is the author. Oh, yeah. Same guy who wrote the Wind Up Bird uh-huh. Chronicles. And Norwegian Wood. Okay. And uh, I don't know. Did you read the Wind Up Bird yeah. Chronicles? Yeah. 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 There's something about those characters, the way he the way he lays out the characters. And then they're in such a strange world. Yeah. But they're very human yeah. characters. Well, in this one, it's like you, you don't really – the protagonist isn't really sure – what's real and what's not right you know right and but but the narrator lets you in on that pretty clearly and so you're totally it's not you don't feel lost it's not like one of those kind of like uh just completely out there fantasy worlds where you're like man i gotta be locked in to be able to process this because the narrator kind of helps you along and i'm okay with that i'm not insulted by that if you want to if you want to take me by the hand no doubt yeah show me something (laughs) yeah take me me there and show it to me yeah and like let me see it through somebody's eyes yeah like that because uh yeah i mean you know taking people and putting them in these extraordinary situations right whether it's a tiny small moment like you know whatever bruce narrator stepping on a cobblestone and all of a sudden his mind is reeling to somewhere 10 years ago you know and it takes him and transports him out of time you know right um doesn't even ha- doesn't have to be a monumental moment it just has to it just has to what, what it just has to, to resonate you know it has to, to have that spark and those smaller moments tend to be the ones i feel like that resonate more because we can all relate to it Totally. Maybe it's not the cobblestone, but it's something similar. It's a great way to put it, yeah. You know, that you that resonates with you. And that's I think that's what folk music and bluegrass and country and uh, blues to I mean all great music I suppose. That's the thing that reson- that that people can get so fired up about is I can connect yeah. in some way yeah. to to those characters because yeah. they are so real and they are going through those ordinary things yep. you know that we all struggle with yeah i know i mean for us you know playing bluegrass and kind of learning that whole repertoire you know like that was our real meat potatoes you know as far as our music as far as our education as a band you know and then you get to a point and you're looking around and you're like you know we're we're singing about like cabins and yada yada and stuff like that that like doesn't really seem to apply to us mm. and that was you know i think a big a big push as far as us developing our own material is like we got to sing about something that we know 
you know, or something, you know, that makes us unique. And I mean, obviously, like, those songs were somebody's real story and tons of people gravitated towards that and associated with that. But for us, you know, we associate with the music, but not necessarily maybe that world of, of background or images, you know. Right. But still, there, you're able to make that connection. And that's, again, what comes through in the music. And that's yeah. what that's what allows people to access things that otherwise. And that's an interesting thing about music, too, is that. Like, I, I don't know a lick of banjo, but, man, that hits me hard. You know, a really great banjo player yeah. moves me in such a way. Yeah. Um, you know, and I just can play some rudimentary guitar. But somebody who can really play the fiddle, just, I, for some reason, I feel like that's the magic, I guess, of music. Yeah. Is that even though you may not have any experience with that particular instrument or that type of music even, like the fact that, so many suburban white kids can connect to hip hop, for example, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. even though their reality is so different. That's the, the magic of music. Yeah. It's so incredible. Yeah, that's right. It is. Um, just a couple other things. One of the things I always like to ask is what you're consuming. Like, what are you listening to? What, uh, what books are you reading? Mm -hmm. You know, what films are you watching? That kind of thing. Right. Um, let's see. Right now. Yeah. Right now I'm reading a crazy book. It's mm. like it's not crazy, but it's like this kind of contemporary Christian philosophy. Interesting. Um, that my parents turned me on to. You know, I was raised in the church, but it never really seemed to. A lot of it just didn't apply to me, or was just right. seemed anti. Uh, uh, just didn't. I couldn't find the the, the the real reason for a lot of it. You know, but it's a. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't even remember the name, but uh, basically it's like the church needs a new reformation. Mm. It's kind of in these like laid out like Word. twelve posits to like what the church actually needs to needs to change. Yeah. Um, so I'm reading that. Um, I'm at the tail end of an Annie Dillard book. Um, just uh, it kind of dovetails with that a, a, a little bit. It's called uh, For the Time Being, I think. And I mean, it's just a beautiful beautifully written book um but uh yeah you know as far as music i'm kind of always just trying to keep it diverse you know i mean mm. the, my go-to is you know just putting on some blues um like some acoustic blues and mm -hmm. just the simplicity of that and um you know i don't i don't it's hard to write a simple song you know mm -hmm. like that can be like one of the <laughs> hardest things to do mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um so you know you made me think of something because yeah. i wanted to ask you about this too is like the thing that i'm finding going through the process of writing songs more frequently now yeah. is that i don't know when to shut up i don't know when to allow i'm starting to try to figure out when to allow space yeah and and not feel like i have to fill right with so much yeah because I tend to get a little bit wordy right. and then sometimes I'll say something and I'll go, Oh shit, that's pretty heavy, man. Yeah. You should probably allow that to sink in. Yeah. Um, I mean, this song is about a 15 year old boy getting shot in the back in a, in gang violence. Mm -hmm. It's a true story about a young man that I knew and mentored. And that's a heavy damn, wow. that's a lot of stuff that's yeah. in there. I mean, it, it moves me to tears almost every time I play it and there, but I'm trying to fit all this stuff in. Right. 
And then I realized when I was playing it the last time that, wait a minute, there's a moment there that like, if I need a break, the listener probably needs a break right. too. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think you do have to like trust that your listener is listening and paying attention uh, and allowing them to, to fill in, allowing them to fill in the blank spaces with their own experience because uh, that's how they're really gonna feel the song and remember the song as if maybe you don't tell them everything you know uh -huh. maybe you leave some room for them to paint it in their own colors you know just give them the lines and let them fill it in with their own colors are you conscious of that as you're writing i think no but i can see it when it happens uh -huh. like with the band you know if i'm playing a song for them yeah and um and yeah, but but you know, usually it's in the process of going back through it. Be like, oh, I, I overtold this right here. Uh -huh. Like I could say, I could say less, and maybe it would mean more. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and and you know, instead of instead of saying, I think back maybe like a a song like of ours, like going Midwest. The song has uh -huh. a verse like, I used to love that breeze playing around your summer dress I hope that's the way I always remember you best uh -huh. you know rather than saying yeah we had a great summer together and now we're not together anymore uh -huh. and you know I really I really miss that you know right maybe say a little bit less and you can still get in those that that sentiment but couched inside like a, a real memory you know a picture do you get there yourself or is that something that you need feedback from people? I think I get there myself. Yeah. Not all, certainly not all the time, you know, sure. I mean, a lot of it's, I wouldn't say getting lucky, but just, you know, I'd come back to the process, you know, yeah. just, just being there for it to happen. Yeah. yeah it sounds you know? like it's not luck at all. It's doing you doing the work. Right. Right. You yeah. just got to be there. Yeah. You know. Right. Well, man, thank you for being here. Oh, I really appreciate this, dude. That was great. Yeah. I really Thanks appreciate it. Can't wait for the set later. Yeah, it's gonna be fun, man. Awesome. This is, this is just a great, great festival. It feels so good here. So yeah, yeah, great dude. way to kick it off. I appreciate Perfect. it. Perfect. Thank you so much, Graham. for sitting down with us. Thank you to everybody at Spirit of the Swanee Music Park and Swanee Spring Reunion for your unwavering hospitality. Uh, when you do this work, you encounter all kinds of situations. And uh, Spirit of the Swanee and the Two Roots Festivals are always class acts. They always take care of us. And I'm so grateful for the opportunities that I have at those places. 
Follow The Marinade on social media. Uh, subscribe to the show on your podcast app. Leave us a rating. Tell somebody about the show. These are all free, easy things you can do to help us out and to help spread the word. And if you really like what we're doing and you can swing a few dollars a month, take a look at our Patreon community over at patreon.com slash podcast For the price of just the change in your car center console, you can get exclusive content like our Patreon-exclusive show, Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that have shaped my creative life. Uh, We've also revamped. um, So our $20 tier will now allow you to get a hat or a shirt, uh, some marinade swag that allows you to rep the show on a different level. It's uh, really an excellent deal and a way to share your marinade pride. Our marinade community is is truly special. We interact on a deep level about process and about um, just life in general. And we've got room for more. We're a very welcoming group. All right, y'all. It's time for what I'm getting down on, this segment where I share the books, the films, the shows, the articles, whatever's inspiring me at the moment. Uh, I'm absolutely obsessed with Chernobyl on HBO and its accompanying podcast. It's really cool to watch the show and then listen to the podcast and hear a little bit more of the history of what happened at the Chernobyl nuclear disaster. It may have happened in the 80s, but um, that campaign of misinformation and denial that led to the disaster and its cover-up are just incredibly relevant to the political and social climate in this country today, unfortunately. Um, Check it out. Highly recommend it. It's beautifully shot, beautifully acted, and um, gorgeously written. I've also been listening to a couple of things, um, specifically Yola. I don't know what in the world happened to me that I missed this or what took me so long to get to her album, Walk Through Fire, but I'm so glad I finally got to it. Um, I've also been listening to a lot of Amanda Palmer. Amanda is my partner, Chris's favorite artist of all time, and we had the distinct pleasure and honor of seeing her play in Atlanta recently. She played for four and a half hours, y'all. Maybe a 15-minute intermission. Um really powerful night of her a piano a ukulele and uh stories i mean just incredible incredible experience which of course led me to listen to a lot more of her her old stuff and i've been into amanda for a few years uh, especially since i met chris but i highly recommend checking it out and if you want to hear more about that experience head over to patreon and uh, become a patron i opened that one up to um, even our two dollar patrons um i really came to a very serious personal realization um during that experience so if you want to know more about that check out our patreon community Uh, for just two bucks you can get that episode of jason's journey thank you all so much for listening um i don't have anything to tell you about reading specifically um i'm not real fired up about what i'm reading at the moment and um i don't want to disparage it (laughs) so uh i'll leave that but i appreciate y'all i love you thank you so much for listening um Go out there and create something. Cheers, y'all.